laws will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim Foyle hat. Tim Foyle hat. Yes, and welcome. Of yeah. course, of course, of course. Chaos ensues. Nothing ever goes normal. Welcome to Tim Foyle Hat. Uh, join me at, uh, now. He's part of the show. Everybody loves him. Xavier Guerrero. What's up? What's up? What's up? He's uh, XG. XG. Yeah. XG in the house. We're going to refer to him for now on as XG. You guys do the research. Uh, thanks for coming in. Uh, everybody seems to love you. So we appreciate it. So the group is growing. I got you. I got LEH helping me with guests. So the team is coming together, all right? It's a diverse team, you Hollywood libertards, okay? I got one of everybody on my fucking show. I'm trying to find a trans that's fucking conservative and into Trump. I'm going to work on all angles on this show. Guys, thanks for tuning in. A lot of amazing things coming up. Uh, tomorrow night, this is what we put out on Monday. Tomorrow night is Comedy Chaos Live at the Comedy Store. Some people are calling it the Golden State Warriors of Comedy. Uh, we have Joe Rogan, Brandon Schaub, Brian Callen, Jesse May Peluso, Eddie Bravo, and Theo Vaughn, plus myself. Uh, it is going to sell out. It's only 20 bucks. It is the greatest show in Hollywood, only $20. That's great. And guess what this week is? It's Tin Fall Hat Comedy Night Week. That's right, Philadelphia. We're coming to your town. It is the Tin Fall Hat Comedy Night. Eddie Bravo, myself, live at the Philly Punchline. Go to punchlinephilly.com grab those tickets now tickets are already selling to that and then sunday night october 14th we're at the syracuse funny bone my hometown 315-607 come out meet eddie meet myself meet my mother ask her what went wrong what went wrong how did such a <laughs> wonderful person put out two scumbags ask that question one's a conspiracy theorist dick joke comic the other one runs black strip clubs ask her how that all happened okay you can meet her live at the syracuse funny bones both of those tickets are moving quickly all right and then i'm again i'm gonna at the end of the uh at the end of the month i'm at the house of comedy in uh, uh arizona i'll get a flyer going for that and then i'm really excited november 2nd i am at the uh I'm at Hyenas in Palo, Texas, just outside of Dallas. Myself, all by myself. It's Sam Tripoli versus everybody. Come check that out. Let's get those tickets sold. The more tickets I sell that, the more likely I come to your house. And then we're doing Austin. We're doing Houston for the uh, for the uh, Tim Foy Comedy Night. Myself. Eddie Bravo, we're going to be at the Seeker Group, and that is November 3rd, and then no November 4th, Austin, we're coming to you, you soy boy inferno, we're coming <laughs> to rock out with our cocks out at the um, Paramount Theater, Stateside Theater at, in Austin, all that stuff is available on samtriplee.com. Now, go to the Patreon, I'm doing two things on the Patreon every week. Okay, I'm doing a audio for the $2 people and I'm doing a live stream every week. Live stream Q&A with you guys. Only available on the Patreon. That's it. Only available on the Patreon. 
So if you people keep asking me where the mother of all truth bombs are, that's where they are. They're on the Patreon. Go to patreon.com backslash tinfoil hat. And finally, our good friend, a nice gentleman out of, uh, I think, New Mexico or Utah, one of those places where there's not a lot of stuff to do other than meth, okay? Uh, he has started a tinfoil hat podcast page on Facebook. Go to tinfoil hat. Is it on there? I think it's on the link real quick. That's yeah. Right. Something like that. Go there. Tinfoil Hat Podcast. Put it in. There's like 600 people going to grow that. And that is uh, the business. That's the business at hand. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. And let's get into it. Uh, Our returning champion, back for more, put a high score up, and all the people love him. I'm going to get into that episode a little too. He is uh, executive producer, co-owner, the man, the myth, the legend behind No Restrictions Entertainment. I so thoroughly enjoyed him on the last show because like, we had a conversation uh, in the back uh, in the in the uh, parking lot after the show that just blew my mind and I'm like we gotta get you back in please welcome John Paul Rice everybody hey, thanks for coming on dude I'm super excited to have you back it's a on pleasure dude. to be back with you pleasure to meet you nice yeah dude as well, as well yeah XG in the house um let's talk a little more for those who don't don't remember what your film company is about and right. what you guys are trying to do yeah so no restrictions entertainment is an independent feature film company here in Hollywood. And we do films. Uh, we've done six films over the last 10 years, all dealing with different social issues from homelessness, drug addiction, uh, mental health, prostitution, and now human trafficking. And our latest film is A Child's Voice. It's doing really well on Vimeo, and now we're on Amazon. That's very different from the last time. So yes, congratulations. Mem- yeah, so if you're a Prime member and you subscribe to Jeff Bezos' Empire, you can it's see the film for free. weird dance we dance, huh? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like I hate the guy, but I need that platform, <laughs> and he knows it. And he knows it. Yeah. And I'll get into Jeff Bezos, too. This whole $15 raise thing that everybody's celebrating, I think it's all psychops. I think what a great way to make Bernie look like he's a, like the champion of people. Yeah. Then, and even Bezos like, damn you, Bernie. You got us. I'm so happy to help. I'm like, oh, that is so contrived. Well, it is when you look at what Bloomberg came out with the following day and talked about how they're cutting bonuses and 401k options, stock options for their employees. Plus, the timing of it is perfect because it's right before the Christmas holiday season. And when you have Walmart and Target and others that are only offering 11 or $12 an hour, $15 an hour, they can get as many people as possible into those warehouses that and are And they're run. building cages now? Like they're literally building cages for these people to work in? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's – this guy, look, if anybody wants to know who he is, go back to 1999 when they did a profile on him on the on the mainstream news before he became somebody. He was rising. The company was already worth, I think, its first billion. And they asked him, they said, what, what do you want out of everyone in your employees? And he says, I want fear and par- – I want them to wake up every day afraid and paranoid. What kind of energy is that, dude? It, it's just, it's so, and like, it's so amazing because this is kind of the theme of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Now, I just wanted to tell you that your last episode was amazing. It was a really amazing episode. What was it about? I, uh, basically, we talked about just the whole child sex trafficking. And then we got into a lot of Trump stuff, yep. which led to our <laughs> conversation outside, which we're going to get into is the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. Now, I just want to apologize to you because you came on and you kind of were the fir- you were 
the the I, I want to say either the first or second episode that I did without my old host and the comments on the comments were more about the fact that he wasn't there and I kind of blasted everybody I go it's really sad that you guys are ignoring this amazing episode because it was like one of the best conversations we've had there on were this people show. who left comments and i tried to talk to some of them but there were people who said this is one of your best episodes ever and yeah i, I mean i'm honored to be a part of that i did see it, it, flurry i'm, I'm still dealing with still it gets it, uh, they're everywhere but i'm i'm fine with it because it means passion if, yeah. if nobody you cared, have I'd be very a little... passionate group of listeners yeah we were just also talking like it's like 90 percent men but that 10 percent women are pretty smoking hot i gotta be honest with you and uh, if you listen to the patreon a bunch of people have sent me some um gifts a uh, gentleman sent me an echo. Uh, my girlfriend ripped the package open, so I couldn't see the name. I got the package. Thank you. Uh, I, Kate, you sent me a nice stitched uh, pinpoint needlepoint. Uh, one was uh, tinfoil hat, we go deep. And the other one is please don't do coke in the bathroom. That will be <laughs> in my bathroom. So I thank you guys. Uh, again, I, a big thank you on the Patreon. So as we talked outside, mm-hmm. we were both kind of talking about where Trump and what Trump's going on, mm-hmm. uh, I still to this day, and I talked about it on the Patreon, and I got a lot of pushback about questioning Trump and where Trump is. I believe you should question all of them all mm-hmm. the time, the power structure and all that stuff. And then you kind of said some pretty incredible stuff about a big arrest that happened. In the Treasury, if that, if I'm correct, there was 30 me- people. Yeah, there were 30 people in the Treasury that uh, were arrested for uh, basically crimes of enriching themselves in the billions of dollars. And these are these are things that are not reported on the news. Um, we've had we've seen mass arrests. I mean, we've talked about human trafficking arrests gone up, you know, tenfold since Trump was in power. Um, the one thing that people had talked about is that pedophilia was the Achilles heel of the elite. And um, because in, in what sense that it was how you could get them or well, was there one vulnerability? Was I a, guess that is what Achilles heel is, is the vulnerability where they could be taken down, would you say? Yeah, I mean, you, you, there's no there's no question that if you had evidence to support that somebody had done something wrong to a child that you wouldn't get unanimous unanimous public consent to say that that person, in spite of everything else that they may have done, is is deserves to be in jail. Doesn't sure. shouldn't have power. So there's a there's a lot. I mean, I listen. Let me make it very clear to your listeners. I listen to a wide variety of individuals. From Chris Hedges and Noam Chomsky, yeah, all the way to Chernovich, and I wouldn't really Chernovich really is a centrist in in its in his. I know he's always been associated with the alt right and the right wing, and he's obviously made some inflammatory statements in the past and and things that look. These are all flawed individuals. They're all like they. This is not to excuse their behavior, but when you when you start listening to what the MAGA crowd says and you listen to what. Hedges says, and you actually compare notes, and you can actually find similarities, just different expressions or different, uh, I'd say, prescriptions for the same despair. Right. I mean, if you look at, like, uh, Alex Jones and when, um, what's his name, Elon Musk, were on Joe Rogan, and 
there's some amazing editing going on with that show, and I mean that in a great way. They're they're putting together some crazy clips to let you see how important that show is, and uh, how similar what they talked about mm-hmm. were. And they are mm-hmm. two ends of the spectrum. Uh, they're both talking about simulation. They're both talking about like AI and the dangers of AI. And it was really amazing to watch that they basically both said the same thing. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about, it's like when you when you sit down. I always say this, like if you sat down a clan guy and a, a gangbanger and you had them talk, they probably are coming from the same pain and suffering and how they see the world. Yes, racism is bad, but so isn't gangbanging bad. And we could sit there and go, oh, you feel that you are, uh, uh, you know, you, you're, you have no power. Right. And you're doing whatever you can to survive. Right. And, and so there are similarities on both sides. Yeah. I mean, what we're, what we're, talking about here is a structured system that has been in place for several hundred years and in the United States has been here for a hundred years, which is the central bank. Right. And the policy, that's the fiscal policy that's getting set. Right. And then there's the social policies that get set as a result that are in agreement with the fiscal policies. But what, what in, what all of this means, for people who are looking for answers, you're going to have to do your own digging. I mean, Catherine Austin Fitz is a fantastic resource. She's been, she has videos documented over the last eight years on YouTube. She's talked about the black budgets, uh, what those programs actually mean for us, and and we're talking trillions and trillions of dollars oh, for sure, um, man. You know, secret space programs. You could you can go down a rabbit hole there, but this is a woman who is a liberal who worked under the Bush administration and voted for Trump. And she knows the danger that we're in because all of this, this whole system that we're in, reason why you're seeing populism rising across the globe, everywhere, whether it's left-wing, right-wing, doesn't matter. It's all to overthrow. Define populism for those who don't know, like myself. Well, populism in this case would be that you're, you're appealing to the masses exactly. You're speaking directly to the grievances of the masses, right? And you're talking about issues that are directly affecting them as opposed to the what we need to do, the incrementalism, you know, how it can't be this way. And people are going, no, but my jobs, my money, my children, you know, so anybody who's speaking directly to that pain to address it is going to be listened to versus a politician like Hillary Clinton. I'm just giving her as no, an example sure. because that's the American Which version is of what, what Trump did. Right. I'm going to bring your jobs back. Right. He, he talked about all the bringing the jobs. He talked about the corruption. He talked about the corrupt system. I didn't listen to any of this during the primary or the campaign in general. I didn't think he was going to win, right? I didn't think he was going to win. Yeah. It. And I, I don't, I don't even think that like I bought the media version of him, which was the characterization based off of edits of speeches that he gave. And while there may be some truth to some of those claims, they completely skewed it in such a way that if you go back and look at the facts and look at what he said, and then the look at how they presented it, it's like New York times, Pizzagate story versus what everybody actually uncovered online. No, I, I'm with you. If you even take a look at the famous grabber by the pussy line, right? <laughs> the, 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 the actual quote is, and I, I'm getting in fights with people right now because I go, what is the actual quote? And no one will do it. The actual quote is, they'll even let you grab them by the pussy, which is figuratively, okay? Right. And I'm not saying this guy's a moral man or that he isn't a pussy hound, okay? Right. But we had a, a pussy hound in Clinton, too, and nobody cared. 
It is the same as Amy Schumer telling people what a donkey punch is or, or, or a, a dirty pirate. It is literally the same thing. But if yeah. that's the worst they think he has said, have they heard the stuff on Stern? Oh, yeah. It's uh, fucking horrible. If you think that's really bad, it's and they won't give him the archives of it. They won't let him release them unless someone downloaded them, but there was no downloading in the day. You should just hear it. It's so interesting. Like, why? why won't? Howard give that but if you even that the the running with that quote and the clipping of the quote and how it's said Mm -hmm. and then you see who put it out which is Matt Lawler who has a rape desk you know and then you're like oh the whole thing is just fucking contrived bullshit and emotional it is emotional it they and they use this emotion to frame Kavanaugh's Hearing into not about what he's into, which is completely anti-constitution, mm-hmm. anti-right to privacy, pro-wiretapping, pro-militarized police, yep. pro-United States not following international law. All, what, what China did with the Interpol guy is basically what Kavanaugh's into and that the government is above international law. Instead of talking about that, mm-hmm. they talk about about. Believe all, believe all victims and due process. That became the argument. Mm-hmm. And everybody fell into it. And no matter how much you cried about how bad what this guy really represents, nobody would believe you. Nobody would believe you. And I called out both of them. You know, Ford's family's deep into the CIA. We've talked about this before. Right. But it's deep in the CIA. That, that shit was a fucking political flash mob. Mm-hmm. It was coordinated fucking theater. Yeah, they, well, the, the protesters at the, the hearings prior to this, which didn't get a lot of uh, people riled up, you know, they were showing how they paid those protesters to go get arrested during the confirmation hearings, which he sailed through. Okay. And that doesn't mean that he's an okay guy and everything like exactly what you said. We're talking about a guy who helped draft the Patriot Act, yeah. who helped uh, strip you of your rights of due process and uh, in the four, or excuse me, the Fourth Amendment. Um, and and that they, the government could come in and, and surveil you and make an assumption about you, an enemy combatant. And you just go down the list. I mean, it is basically setting you up for um, total, you know, a totalitarian government. Uh, we eventually, are one nine eleven, another nine eleven from full fascism. Pretty much, yeah. We and, really and everybody are. Is, it, it, everybody should be concerned about this, although— I will say today that what we didn't have in 2001, what we do have today is the Internet. As, as imperfect as it is and as censored as it is, it still has not stopped and abated since 2016's election. I, I, I see online today, I mean, people, this is how Ford online, all of her associations, the day she did her testimony, there were people digging into the records about that second door that she had added and turned out they found out what the date was and what it was actually used for and it had nothing to do with her PTSD. It, and the, the letter of her ex-boyfriend of six years got released out online about how he basically refuted all of her claims in her testimony and said that she had never brought up any of the it's, – it's, it is the, – the, co- cor- uh, the people who corroborated her, her, her story are her therapist and her husband. Neither of them were there. Right. <laughs> Right. And, and the therapist notes uh, are different from her testimony. They changed actually three times. This is not about not believing somebody because we want the other person to be right. And that's the part that we have gone into this cult of self. It has, it has more to do with what I think and feel about you and what I project onto you, not about asking you what you really think and what you really believe, but asking 
what do I feel about you upon seeing you? Do I think, you know, Kavanaugh comes from a, a rich, wealthy background of privilege from Yale? Yeah. And you might get a little bit of that pompousness that you, you we, we kind of see when he's, you know, defending himself in that, in that testimony. But at the same time, it doesn't change the facts. And we have to start looking at facts and using logic and deductive reasoning to be able to determine what happened potentially and scrutinize it so that we could then look at why everything versus versus coming to a conclusion and then filling everything. I mean, we have people that are accusing this guy of being a sexual predator, that he was involved in, in uh, gang rape trains, yeah. and there's no substantiated other than accusations. What they call it a, 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 the devil's triangle. The devil's triangle. Yeah, which he <laughs> lied about, which he said was, uh, um, what was it? A drinking quarters? game. A and drink- it wasn't court. That is a dirty threesome where it's two guys and one chick. Right. That's what a devil's yeah, basically. The devil's triangle, yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But, you know, when we sit there, we just look at what kind of cucks the DNC has come. They are literally bent over, taken in the butt. And it's just over. And it's like they knew all this stuff, but they want wiretapping. At the highest levels, the DNC wants wiretapping. The people who are, who are funding them want wiretapping. Well, they want militarized police. They want no right to privacy. They, they don't want due pro- They don't want any of that. So no. that's why they never call. Because that's what they want. Well, look at what John. Well, look at what John Brennan was caught doing in 2014, spying on Congress about the torture memos of the CIA. And, and do you think he stopped there? And what happened to him? He continued to serve. Yeah. So this this whole idea that uh, these people have your moral, like the moral authority or moral interest in mind for any of these, this is purely political. Now they can say that to us, and then we can agree with it, but that doesn't absolve them right. of. Their complicity in all right, of this, right, right, and that's the part where uh, I I haven't gotten into it with Trump supporters, but I really talked to them because they their their base is growing, unfortunately, in the sense that whatever this guy does, um, in many ways they're going to look the other way. They're going it's kind of like Bush, the way we did with Obama. Oh, it's Obama. the same. It's the same thing. But here's the here's the reality: uh, if he is truly what they think he is, which is just not about him, but it's about Putin, it's about Xi and the others. They want to get rid of this post-World War II alignment with the Rothschilds and the central banks that came in and basically uh, initiated these wars. Oh, dude, we're going to get into all that. Yeah, yeah. When I investigated this and I went in because I like to have a, and I don't know how much you were able to look into it, dude, with those videos you sent me, I just came to the conclusion that <laughs> everything that we think we know is a fucking lie. Yeah, it is. And the whole system is a lie. The two-party system is a lie. Uh, the notion that one side, the, the notion that... You know, I put out this tweet about how, like, she's a CIA asset and he's uh, a civil rights monster. And I go, the best part of this tweet is how you will agree with what I said about the goon on the other side. And you will push back with all your heart and soul about the angel on your side. And, and, you know, the thing, the sad part, and I I looked at this as just a from a broad stroke perspective, every single woman who has been abused and violated for sure injected that violator into the face of Kavanaugh and it was personal because it was about your body and it was about your sexual 
body, your, your human body being violated. And that's the most personal thing that you can get to next to a child. If you look at Parkland, if you look at the Syria chemical bombing, uh, false flags, if you look at, uh, oh God, the border situation about the, you know, the parents and children, all of those involve children. All of it deals with violence against children. And it got the largest and strongest emotional response out of people immediately because it has nothing to do with what the facts are. It's immediately going straight for response, your emotional, emotional response. throw up on it. Yeah, and that's how you can see people who are just hearing everything and, and they're not weighing the evidence. They're not looking at the other, the other prospect that all of this is a farce in front of us. So it, it contains everybody to fight amongst each other rather than to look upwards and look at the people who are, are manipulating them. And the biggest problem with this whole thing is like every argument that you can have against Donald Trump is immediately you could be like, they, the Clintons did this and the Obamas did this. Yes. For, you know, and it's just like, and that's why the, it falls so flat is that you're acting like evil happened to, started two years ago. And it literally is like every time it's like, you're like, okay, you're angry at this. And I respect that because it's a big deal. Where were you when your side was doing that? And that's the problem we have. You know, there is like 60,000 complaints filed against Obama for, uh, for border, for, for ICE at the border, for how they treated children and illegals. And yeah. then you look at who runs ICE. It's, it's uh, DARPA. No, who is it? Uh, uh, DynCorp. DynCorp yeah. runs it. And they have a history, a convicted history of child sex and child trafficking. And yet nothing fucking happens. I want to get into the centralized okay. banks. Let's do that. So let's get into this. All right. Now, the centralized banks, how would you describe what a centralized bank is? Let's start before we get into the reserve. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I was thinking about this, and there was a, a, a driver, a taxi driver years ago that I was in a uh, car with, and he, he told me that, he said, what do you think the, the purpose of banks is? I said, well, to, you know, as me, I just go in and I, I want to get a loan. It helps me afford my life and, and you know, my lifestyle. And I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a pay, making my payments. I, I, need, uh, I need to a place to store my money. I need a place to transact. He said, well, okay. He goes, where do you think banks got their name from? And I said, what? And he's like, no, where do, you, where do you think that like originated the theory behind it? And I said, I, I don't know. Uh, he said, well, you know, the banks of a river control the flow of that water Whoa. and the direction. And money, you control the flow wow. and the direction of the money. His, uh, his supposedly oh, either his uncle or his father was uh, head of the Hong Kong bank. And I don't know how he became a taxi driver, <laughs> but the information that he uh, he gave me, and he gave me his number after that, um, I just went home like with a new understanding about how all this works. So a central bank, first of all, we have to understand like, kind of a little bit of the structure here, the financial structure, the pyramid. You yeah. have the IMF, and you've got the uh, the World Bank, but uh, above that is the, the BIS or Basel III. Okay. The Basel Three was right. the Basel the Banking III. of International Settlements. Oh, okay. And dude. so they are there at the very top. I mean, there's people above that. But like when you look at Russia, not to cut you off because yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah. Russia 
for, I, and I think it might be propaganda, uh, celebrated kicking the Rothschilds out of Russia. But then you see they're still at that 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 whatever that group is you just said. Mm-hmm. What's it called? The International Bank Settlement. The B- BIS, International Banking uh, Bank Settlement. So they're still a part of that, which started to make me think that the, the, the Rothschilds are, are evil, but they're also a boogeyman used kind of like the way we use, uh, you know, Osama bin Laden uh, and Al-Qaeda in a weird way. Yeah, well, there's more families involved than just them, and right. there's more interest. So there's there's also uh, for your – I won't get into this today, but for your uh, readers, there's this book on CIA's actual website uh, called the uh, Council uh, – I think it's the Council of 300. You oh. should read that. Oh, that's, yeah, dude. That's, that's available in PDF form. You can download it and read it. It's, it's, uh, it's very dense. And you see some of the names on there. Do you know who's one of the names? And it shocked the shit out of me. Steve Ballmer. Do you know who that is? No. He's the owner of the L.A. Clippers. Oh, shit. He's the richest owner in pro sports. He's a giant part of Microsoft. Now, here's an interesting thing about Steve Ballmer is that he got basically, he was like roommates or down the hall from the guys who invented Microsoft. Now, if you think <laughs> this is a really smart, rich guy, what a great way to get your business off fucking the ground than to bring in a rich kid who owns part of it. Yep. It's, it's there, there, No, no, this, this, is, this goes back hundreds of years. Um, so there was the Bank of London, if I understand this correctly, that was uh, formed in 1694. And the Rothschilds actually were not known as the Rothschilds back then. But about 100 years later, Nathan Rothschild, if I understand this correctly. Um, I it, like Nathan, he, he He financed both sides of the Napoleon War and was ready for crisis because no matter what would happen as a result of that war, he would win. And he would be able to take over the, the Bank of London. He would be able to possibly even get control of uh, the, uh, the reserve. So – this has been, but you know how they, is, he does yeah. that by, by once Napoleon loses, right. he runs back to London and tells everybody Napoleon won. They freak out, and this is a classic international banker move. Um, we'll get into some of that. Is they all sell their bonds, and he comes in and buys them all at pennies on the dollar, right. and now he owns the pound. Yes, every single thing that you see of war is. Always to consolidate power, not by the the people who are fighting it, but for the people who come in with the opportunity. I mean, you can look at financial crash 2008 and look at who benefited from that. Who got more powerful and richer? All of the banks, all of the multinational banks, Citi, J.P. Morgan, uh, and and actually with no – no liquidity, really. It was just – it was credit. It was fake money that was printed, oh, yeah. given to them by the central bank, which this is – we'll get into the structure of it a little bit later. But I, I – when I started learning about all of this stuff and seeing how massive it was, it's like how do you – how do you tell an American or how do you tell somebody in London or – you know, who's just like a regular Joe – at, that there's this big structure out there that that is just raping the world of wealth yeah. and plunging everyone into debt, and you have you have no voice, you have no say because the government doesn't has any, have any say. They have no oversight over these individuals. They can't make any rules or laws over them, and this has all been done by design. And then when you look at the central planning that comes out of there in terms of the fiscal policy, it's all designed so that war comes. 
blows up nations, but it steals the wealth out of the countries that are fighting it, even on the winning side. So what you end up having having is that everybody goes into further poverty. Everyone's dollar, this is the part that I didn't quite understand, the value of our dollar today from its original issue is worth less than three cents of its original value today. This is why we have the high costs. I mean, there's a lot of things related to that, but that's one of the key reasons. Why is that dollar worth so very little today than it was originally? And yet gold has maintained its same value throughout the whole time. So we're, we're, what we're getting towards and what we're building towards is a reset. And that's where we can talk about Trump, what he can do and what's available to him. Okay, so let's, yeah. I just want to get into a little history yeah. Yeah. of this. And, you know, you can speak on what you know. Mm-hmm. The centralized banks, yep. it basically... Um, a big part of why we had, uh, why we went to war with England was that they didn't want us issuing our own money. Right. They want us to use money through, um, through the Bank of England. Yeah. And that was the big fight. And the whole point of, you know, our founding fathers was that is basically debt. We're getting ourselves in debt. Yes. They're, they're giving us cash and they're giving us interest on that debt. And it's here's the thing you got to know about this interest and this debt is it's never meant to be able to be paid off. It's meant to compound. And actually, so you're struggling to pay the debt. You, they lend you money. And now they're giving you debt on that money they just so lent you. So if we wouldn't have fought back, we would basically like Puerto Rico? Yeah. In a weird way. Poor shit. They yeah. don't really give a fuck about us, but we're part of them. One, I mean, like, dude, That's all I States... see. If we wouldn't have fought back, we would have just been like a little, what do they call them? A, a, just a, a, a republic. Or yeah. A republic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah with no dude. rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, dude. So it's just like, this is what they do. So a lot of people don't realize that, is that the, uh, you know, our war for independence was, you know, a taxation without representation. It, they, they very much are very good at framing yes. what it's really. Oh, it's not about fucking centralized banking. It's about taxation without representation. So no, that's no. what we run with, and all the books run it out. So there, you know, it's very interesting because you, when you talk Federal Reserve, everybody talks about how it started in uh, 1913, but there were earlier editions yes. of it under different names, which from 1781 to 1836, which were um, basically the Bank of the North United. America, first, second, third bank, Bank of the United States, mm-hmm. in which they were central. And they would always begin to go, people realize this is bullshit, and then they would stop it. And then, of course, the bankers would come in with money, cash, promise of power, and these politicians would flip, and then it would just keep going back around and back around, and then they would come back. Now, there was actually a time in this country when there was an era called uh, free banking era, Mm -hmm. where basically the states had their own centralized bank, and the way it was spinned by the international bankers was that not all states recognized everybody else's uh, money. So, like, your state, your money could work in Michigan, but then you go to Florida, and it wouldn't work in Florida. Right. Which is all a big propaganda bullshit to get this. we got to have a centralized bank. we got to have one bank that basically does everything. Um, I don't know if you know this part, but we've talked about it on here, and this is my belief, mm-hmm. that, you know, obviously the Civil War was very much about uh, having a centralized bank, that the, you know, uh, England and I believe Spain we're going to come in on the side of the South yep. if they agreed to 
um, have uh, a centralized bank. You know, Lincoln was, in fact, issuing, issuing greenbacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you ever heard the theory that Alexander II came in on the side of Lincoln because he had just dealt with serfdom and all that stuff and he kicked out all those bankers. I didn't know that. And that he, that there was actually a very that Lincoln and Alexander were very close. They had a, they had bonded over like their both their situations and that when the threat of Britain and Spain were going to come in that Ru- Russia said if you come in we'll send t-. They and, did. Yeah, and yep. they sent and nobody talks about talks that. Talks about a blockade. There's yeah. one fucking website that, and there, there's one website and this other guy who I don't know why he won't come on the show. They're the only ones who ever talk about the fact that Russia oh. came in. Now, we can also go back with Russia and Kazarian, Kazakhstan, right? Right. Uh, and the old Kazarians that were like a lot of people think were like very much the dark arts people. Mm-hmm. And they are very much behind the whole uh, international banking stuff. And we can, that's a whole different show. But that's where the head, bu- a lot of the bumping was, you know, Russia going after Kaz- Kazaria or whatever it was called. Yep. And then uh, him making them pick another religion all that and it's that's where the fucking russian scare red scare always happens then you have you know you have lincoln doing this and lincoln gets assassinated right by a freemason a level 33 freemason booth is a freemason they kill him out next guy i think his replacement even was anti uh centralized bank he dies of poison the next guy comes in boom centralized bank Mm -hmm. nope that's a good assessment. Uh, the The other part of it too is the uh, creation of uh, crisis in order to gain power. That's what these guys do. For did. sure. Yeah, man. no, and 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 just in the modern era, I guess in the last hundred years, because nobody remembers this, but uh, J.P. Morgan was the one who was backed. He was he was the one that the Rothschilds picked and put. As the richest man, he actually wasn't. He was just a just a figure. Like Trump, the richest like guy. They just said he was so rich when he really wasn't. Yeah, yeah. who's going to count his money? Yeah, right. <laughs> and if you did, you'd look at all the Rothschilds. They owned, I think, like sixty or seventy, maybe even eighty percent of J.P. Morgan Chase. Uh, but these guys all conspired. It was the Rockefellers, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. Uh, I have there them was all right here. yeah, there were there were like four or five of them. But they they, they went to the island, right? The Jekyll, 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 Jekyll Island. island. They they even used oh, was, yeah yeah oh, fuck you know some it. other creepy shit was going on there not just yeah, why would you name it Jekyll Island right? that sounds exactly. like oh here it is <laughs> it was the Rockefellers the Morgans the Warburgs, Warburgs. and the Rothschilds yep. now here's the whole thing when 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 you're talking about how like a uh, uh, Morgan was propped up to be the richest man that's the same thing with Jeff Bezos I'm gonna be honest with you the real rich people aren't even on that yeah list. they aren't black nobility in, uh, of Italy who are old banking from Ro- the Roman era right. of the Roman empire like dude that's wealth that's wealth, and they even say they make the rothschilds there you know how the rothschilds pop up morgan well maybe the black nobility pops up as the boogeyman the rothschilds because nobody even knows who the black nobility is unless you do really deep research into it but go on because he starts what what is a series of false flags right to get false flag uh uh financial crisis in fact they they the first one that they did they lied about the bank i forgot which bank it was i don't even know if they mentioned the bank I, i did some research i think they said a bank and I could be wrong here. Right. A, a bank that was in insolvent. New York. That yeah. was insolvent, but it wasn't. Yeah. And so everybody did a run on it, and then it caused a panic, and they seized that opportunity to start 
getting their their centralized bank here in the United States, but it really had nothing to do with the United States. It had nothing to do with the feds. It was it was so that they could have the control that they wanted, and they kicked off a series of these up until 1929, and that was the moment that they took full control. After that, is that after Jekyll Island? A secret? Yeah, no. The Jekyll Island thing was for the 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 charter that Woodrow Wilson. Uh, signed in, I think it was on Christmas Eve or two days before Christmas when nobody was paying attention, nobody was in the Congress. It, it was a day before Christmas. Yeah, yeah it was with the families. And I, I, I watched the video and I was like, these fucking little assholes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? In the middle of the night, just took it and uh, and then implemented. And then they implemented the, the uh, federal income tax right after well, that. That's the most, I had an argument with this guy today yep. that... There's, and I don't know if it's true because I think people are like, I haven't paid taxes since 1999. I'm like, good luck with that, dude. <laughs> but is there an actual law that says you have to pay taxes? No. No. The, what, what, they're, what they have done is they have used the IRS in order to go after you because you have no – I mean, they can, they can garnish your wages. They can come after you. They can take. I, I've had this happen to me. Uh, there were there were some years that I didn't pay. I guess certain taxes on some money that I got um, from an inheritance. That they came after me every year, and every time that I had my deduction, they just seized it. They didn't. I didn't get anything back. I couldn't pay them. And then they were just saying, "You owe this," and and if you're not going to pay it, then they can they can take further action. They're not going to get other creditors involved or anything like that. But they could just take action against garnishing your wages. They can take uh, any kind of dependence Dude, that it, you have. It goes really bad. I got a couple of homies that have baby mamas. They don't want to pay the money. They will take your license. They'll take your license. You can't They'll drive. throw you that in jail. That means you can't make money. That means you still can't pay. Can't get paid cash. Yeah. You got unless you get really lucky. You get paid cash in the place you can walk. There. And that's the threat is jail. It's like and don't think they won't put you in the worst place to have the worst. They want to make an example of you so yeah. nobody follows. Yeah, they're going to destroy you. They're not going to make you disappear. They're going to make your life miserable. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's disgusting because what it wouldn't be, it'd be one thing if it was law and, you know, people weren't following it. But when you look at what their, their behavior is and what they do to impoverish nations, to throw us into wars, to, in, to basically in debt the entire country. And we're talking like 99% or more. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not giving, you know, I guess, I'm not giving like uh, sympathy to the people in the one percent or higher, right, right. but but at the same time, everybody is held hostage by the system and has to play along with it. That's yeah. the whole per- point of it. If everybody has to go along with it, then nobody can ever get free. Yeah, like if you want to get like uh, the solar panels, that's so hard. You got to yeah. get permits and all this fucking bullshit yeah. because they want to keep you on the grid. Like and they then don't, if you yeah. get if you get solar panels, the rest of your neighborhood has to pick up the slack for the amount of money the power agency is making. So you probably get your ass beaten but, uh, by your neighbors. <laughs> like, hey, dude, thank you, you fucking dick. Um, but the, uh, uh, Woodrow Wilson, we mm-hmm. talked earlier, mm-hmm. should be talked about in the same breath as uh, a Benedict Arnold. I mean, what a traitor this guy is from basically doing the bill on Christmas, like he said, that created the uh, Federal Reserve. And by the way, there's nothing federal about the Federal Reserve. The old joke, it's about as federal as FedEx. Um, <laughs> and then he also uh, implemented the tax. Yes. And he started taxing his own fucking people. 
what is the point of being an American? I don't understand when they say that. And here, go, do you have a- No, I was just going to say, if you look at it today, look at what we were talking about. I pay my taxes. Well, yeah, uh, 30% of it is, is stripped away from you irregardless of your say. I mean, before you get your, your money. So you have no, like, I understand the argument on the progressive and, and the liberal side, which is, you know, well, we need these programs to help people. Yeah, but if you have a system that's enslaving everybody to debt, then all you're doing is redistributing someone else's money for, rather than, and I understand the, I understand the compassion of it, but if you're not looking up at these other people and what they're doing to create that, then essentially what everybody's doing is just eating each other. Yeah. And attacking each other through force of a system that enslaves you, keeps your money down, keeps your wages low, keeps all of that value of your wages. In fact, if you made $30,000 a year, but everything was a hell of a lot cheaper, guess what? Nobody would complain because the value of $30,000, what it, quote, meant 20 years ago and what it means today is worth less, not because everything's more expensive just by the fact of it, it's actually cheaper to make a lot of stuff today. And yet Nike can still get away with you know, putting a $130 pair of sneakers out there when they're making it for pennies on the dollar. Right. I, you know, you know what Which say? is my whole theory on tariffs. Like People are flipping out on Trump because they're like, you're a tariff us. You're a tariff. tariff. Hey, dude, <laughs> can I ask you something? Your sneakers, yeah. how yeah. much you pay for those? Be honest. 100 bucks. 100 bucks. What's the most you would pay for those sneakers? Be honest. There's no right answer. I was pushing it. I I don't want to pay more than 100 bucks for sneakers. So let's say $100 is the most. There's a market value on those sneakers, right? And you're telling me if they tear from you, and those sneakers are now $130, are you buying those sneakers? Yeah, probably. You still would buy those tickets? Most people would be like, I'm not going to buy those fucking tickets, those sneakers. It's too expensive. The marketplace is set. So when you, when the tariff comes, it does, everyone's like you're tariffing the, the the American people. No, what you're doing is you're eating the profits of the people making the shoes. Yes, right. So what that does is it makes it so when we're on Wall Street, which is a giant Ponzi scheme, that this company can't go look at our profits compared to a company that's making shit in America. And then it evens it all out. Mm-hmm. The market is set. There are 10 cars that are made in America, and you can't tell me who they are because they're not insanely more expensive than cars that are just like it. It's meaning that company is getting less profits on that. And I don't know why people think the a giant international corporation's profit share is more important than individual workers' concerns. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like It's, it's complete bullshit. So let's get into the system of what the, the centralized bank is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's something I learned very interesting. The game basically is they create money out of nowhere, right? That's yeah. what the Federal Reserve well, they does. Issue, they issue uh, loans to the government, which is debt. It's all debt. It's immediately debt because it doesn't, it doesn't come from anywhere. There's no there's no tangible asset tied to it. So forget the first the, dollar was debted, right? The, the yeah, first dollar yeah, it was a debt. Fiat, it's a fiat currency. It, it's legal tender. It's worth. But wasn't the original? It uh, was backed by gold. Originally, you can actually see the old uh, dollar said. Uh, ba- yeah, we had a gold standard, and we went off of that really fast because it wasn't going to to make as much money for them as as a debt based system would. So what we're talking about is they're issuing money to the government. With interest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, so they create the moment that let, – just let's put it down. Let, let me scale it down to you. If I give you a loan for $1,000, yeah. I'm creating debt. You have credit 
but it's debt immediately created over here because it doesn't exist. So on top of it, I'm going to charge you on top of the loan, I'm going to charge you interest. So you're going to be paying money on the debt that you have, that you've already accumulated, and I have debt over here that what they're doing is they're going and collateralizing that debt so that they can gain more wealth. Okay, so what you're saying, to, and I believe this is where you're going with, for every dollar they have, they can loan out $10, right? Yeah, they can, what, well, they, they can say that that, that $1 is if I want to. That dollar that you have in your hand is worth 100 bucks. Not today. It's not worth $100 today, but it, but it has the, the value tied to that dollar. Is tied as a hundred bucks. So if you hold on to that dollar in a hundred, you know, ten years, whatever, it's going to have that value in the future. It's total. It's total bullshit. And what they're doing also is they are taxing you <laughs> to pay for the money that they're loaning out to the government yeah, yeah. and elsewhere in their black budgets and their wars. Now, when we say banks, we're literally talking about the Federal Reserve because what we see happen is they set the system that localized banks do. They'll play this game, right? This localized, and they'll be like, oh, he, for every dollar you have, you can loan out this money. So they loan out all this money, and then they do something that I just fuck. It's called marginal loans yeah. and a marginal call. And the marginal oh, loan, yeah. the marginal call is where the freak shit all comes out oh yeah which is and this is what they do and they do it all the time mm -hmm. is they call in their loans they call they go to the banks they the high level like the right, high end right, guys right. go to the lower level banks we're calling in our loans meaning and you have 24 hours to pay that loan and that's where the freak out fucking happens yeah well if you want to look at what they did just through legislation, look at the Dodd-Frank bill, which everybody championed on the, on, on the Democratic side. But in, in reality, what that thing did, 7,000 community banks and credit unions shuttered their doors since. And what that did is that they, they, these individuals, what they do is they hire these groups that, that are comprised of uh, political operative think tanks along with these lobbyists and these other former bankers to basically water down the legislation in any which way that they can to their benefit and load it up elsewhere to everyone else's detriment. It's unbelievable. So under the, under the guise of consumer protection, they have done exactly what they did before 2008. They're four times larger and greater in debt. They're all insolvent, by the way. This is all insolvent. All of this stuff, they're all completely insolvent. So what, what you're talking about is <laughs> they, are, they are putting all of this debt into the system, and then they're taking it and they're bundling it by the quadrillions. It's like, it's like putting a, a massive weight on top of a pinhead and hoping that that pinhead holds it up. Because if the pinhead goes down, just our debt alone goes down 10%. This whole thing behind it comes crashing down. But There's, do they not want it to crash? Because I feel like that's where they make a lot of they consolidate power when it all crashes. Well, yeah, that's that's the, that's by design. They, when it crashes, and we we get told it's a normal boom and bust cycle. These are cycles; they happen. It's not true. It's not true. It's at true. All. We've just been with it. We've been, it's been with us for decades. That's why we can say it's true. But it has nothing to do with the regular, you know, like regular normal economic activity with the velocity of money and workers' wages and, and the transaction 
the the fluid the, the velocity of money is the is the number one thing that you learn in economics which is about uh, the money and the in the which it moves through the economy where you have workers who are earning wages and are spending it and they're investing it when you don't have that, what you have to do is artificially pump that up through quantitative easing like they did over the last 10 years on an emergency fiscal basis where they're injecting trillions of dollars into global economies, all for the banks, not to distribute down to you, but actually to take that money and create further debt so that they can get all of that money scooped back up into the central bank as its vehicle yeah. and then distributed out to the other people that are at the very top of the pyramid. But I was I did some research that the only country that's uh, still on gold standards, Lebanon or something like that, or was. So doesn't that mean everybody is in debt in yeah, general? I mean, that is it. The IMF, the WBO, lends money. In no way do they ex- – there's no way to pay it back Never. to the point – that some of these countries goes, fuck it. I'm not paying you anything. And that's when war comes. That's how I feel it's going to happen with China. We're just going to be like, come on. We're, gonna, we're not going to give you any yeah, money. Yeah, but dude, it's darker with China mm. because China is just playing a game with us. And, and they're going to call in their loans at one point. Yeah. And, that's, and they're just setting it all up, man. And it's just, it's like India, China, you know, it's all these groups. I'm, it's just unbelievable. I, I want to get in two things before yeah, yeah. we wrap it up. we got about eight minutes left. Um, real quick, uh, they've set, almost every war is a banker's war. Yes. Uh, brought on by false flags all the way back. I'm sure. I'm sure. World War One, World War II, Vietnam, uh, 9-11. Uh, these, well, yeah, the ones right now. Yeah. They're all money-based for sure. Yeah. It's, and it's just like in Vietnam, I just learned this. There were rules of engagement mm-hmm. that – Made it so the basically they were rules that said you couldn't chase the bad guy, you couldn't bomb them unless you knew it was active, and it was basically made to make the war never end. Yeah, no, that we could have ended World War II two years earlier. That's known today. Uh, Vietnam. What also the other thing is they couldn't if they had a strategic strike that they wanted to do for the enemy, they had to call it up to the highest level of command for approval. They, in other words, you'd be in the battlefield and you're in the middle of a war. And you got to wait. And you got to wait <laughs> to be called in and you may be given the order to stand down or move, move out. All of that being done to keep it all going. And, you know, we talked about, I think a little bit last time about World War II and how the Rothschilds, J.P. Morgan, the Bushes were all financing both sides of it. Not like a little bit, not like, you know, like 10%. My 90% <laughs> is on America. It's like evenly spread with... Uh, the oil, I think that additive, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. that's been traced back to the bombing of, of London. The union banking of Corporation of New yes. York, U.S. Standard Oil Company, uh, IG Farben, uh, Bayer created all the gas that they used in the chambers. Uh, this is me speaking. Uh, Hitler, his connections to the Rothschilds was he's the bastard son. His father was the bastard son of Baron uh, Rothschild. Why does he escape? Why does he end up dying in Argentina, which is the big theory out there? Um, I really want to get into this before we leave. Okay. This has been a wonderful episode, as always, with you. Uh, the North American Union. Oh, yeah. Is it real? Or Because, like, on Wicca, and I don't believe all the wording on Wikipedia, <laughs> but they say... It's a theoretical economic and political 
Continental Union. So this is the one that we're talking about that happened during the Bush years. 2005. Right, 2005. So they, I, I didn't study this enough because I didn't even hear about it until recently. But uh, Canada and Mexico, I think the idea was to create a, uh, a new dollar, a new currency between all three countries, much like the way the euro is over in uh, the UK. Did you know that it's made in Germany? Yeah. All the euros made in Germany? Yeah, yeah let's give it to them, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> shit. So, so for us, uh, I don't, I'm sure that there have been other policies as a result of that in terms of our fiscal policy with Mexico and trade and everything else that we're trying to hopefully, uh, if we're making good deals with them. I, the one thing, I, I guess the one thing I would say is the tell about Trump, if he's doing something right, is completely ignored by the media. <laughs> Almost immediately. So I want to get to that. The yeah, basic yeah. part of this is, do you believe Trump is going after the Federal Reserve? If he doesn't, then we're all in deep shit. S- shit. Yeah. But when will that... When, like, we're entering the two-year mark. This right. is when I bailed on Obama. Right. Like, I believe that... I believe, personally, the right. next three weeks, up to November 2nd or 4th, whenever the midterms are, yeah. are the make and break of whether Trump has any white hat on him. Meaning that we have these next three months, that something has to, I'm not saying he has to take out the Federal Reserve right. in these next three months, but this fight for the midterms, which could change whether he can do anything mm-hmm. after these two years, like the, the arrest that we want to see, right. someone do a perp walk. Like, I think something big has to happen these next three weeks or else I'm like, okay, right. I'm going to take a step back. Right. No, I, I think something either has to happen right during the before the election or after. And I, I told my friend, uh, you know, ask me how things are at in February, because at that point, everything's going to be known as far as what's moving forward, what's actually going to happen, both legislatively and as well as these arrests that they've been talking about, these mass arrests. The one thing that we'll say is that what has been verified is the human trafficking and the seizure of assets and the Treasury Department going after those people with, a I forgot how many pages, but over 11,000 names of companies and doing sure. business as were all published there earlier this year. So something is happening behind the scenes because, let me just say this, it's not just about Donald Trump and whether you like him or not. But uh, it's more about if we have a chance for a future, we have to get out of this system. There is no other way that we're going to survive staying in the system. Without- Think about the system is only 100 years old. That means we had time when the system did not go. Right. So And we survived. It's like free trade. We were trade. fine. Yeah. No, no, when no. I say, hey, the 80s, we were doing well. I go, whatever economy we had in the 80s, I want that back. Yeah. Right? You have to go with a weaker central government to, in order to do this because they're just so calcified at this point. And the po- the politicians are the theater, but that kind of gives you the, that that calcification or that 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 immovable part is a representation of what's going on outside. It's a reflection of it, and that doesn't mean that I I side with a guy, but I'm hoping, kind of like you, after the first two years, if. If something major doesn't happen and change and we start moving forward and uniting the country and getting past all of this crap, then then the country is going to implode. Because with another major economic crash and a restart of the same indebted system, you will see people 
doing things in this country that we've never seen before in the streets. You will see people going home to home no, looking for it resources. It will be Brazil. The favelas, or I think I pronounced it wrong, yeah. but the slums, yeah. where it's like everybody's got a gun, everybody's mugging everybody. It is going to be extremely rich people walk around with armed guards and extremely poor fighting for everything they have. And, and it doesn't need to be like that. No, and it doesn't. And, and it's not because of Trump, but it's because of the system that either, either we will find out he serves or is trying to fix he ran as an, anti, an anti-globalist candidate. I mean, he said it many times, and he's mentioned it after his election. But his actions are really going to dictate that, not what his words say. I'm just concerned he's very much uh, – he has a, a big uh, – I'm against any kind of neocon, neoliberal, right. Zionism. I'm against all that. I see – I get nervous. I, sometimes I think – I hope against hope that he is playing a game and that he has to do all this – fucking horrible bombing to keep the military industrial complex happy and not paying attention until he can get this other stuff going that's hope against hope that i have uh and we'll see dude i mean like i said until we get rid of the federal reserve and people go after fucking uh lobbying and stop these illegal wars i don't i don't know what i i I can't really everything else is theater in between that we have to get that that get a hold of that because if we don't it's not going to matter who's going to be president it's not going to matter who you elect i mean if you want to just you know throw your hands up and say f this i'm not going to be a part of it fine but we're going to what we will end up doing is the society will fracture to a level and degree that you will have people who are completely into this system impoverished in debt living in the cities with high end, you know, like trying to get their incomes up to to a, a livable level, and everybody else is going to go live off the grid. You're going to have, I mean, you will have the sanctuary, the, the the cities, the tent cities you see today will start spreading out, and where people start going and breaking laws to to form communities to get out of all of this because they don't want any part of it anymore. It doesn't serve anything other than your belief in the brand or the celebrity culture or whatever else makes you feel good for a moment while everything else is continuing to decline around you, including your environment. So we have, we have, uh, we're a few moments away from it going into a really bad place. But, um, if I, if I were to listen to a couple of people, Catherine Austin Fitz, uh, Lynette Zhang and others, they're all about you buy gold, you buy silver now, uh, keep some paper dollars on you. You know, don't don't sit here and, and load up on debt through your credit cards or anything else. Get yourself some actual tangible, movable assets. And you can even go in cryptocurrency, but they don't these people don't do not own any stock in the stock market at all. Okay. I mean, like, real quick, I want to end it. 1933, the gold seizure, 10 years in jail if you own gold. No way, bro. They yeah. confiscated all the gold. That was how they got a, They got all the, the gold out. Because that, that's what they were saying. They'd say that you'd go, you'd go to another bank and then you wouldn't get full gold. You'd get like 10% silver in it. And that's what made it seem like, hey, we need a... That's, I, didn't, I didn't know that they took away Dude, your gold. Wow. Yeah, I forgot get about that executive gold, order. Get your gold. Yes. Uh, okay, it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. <laughs> Let's see if he's actually listening and uh, gives a shit. Let's see... What he thinks, everybody. Oh, hold on. Let's see. Hold on. I'm going to do this. Eventually, one day, I'll get this. Aaron. Aaron. Don't be an idiot. Hey, Aaron. Well, you better be <laughs> sick, dead, or mute. 
A.A. Ron. You done messed up, A.A. Ron. You filthy animal. Aaron, thoughts. Well, oh, you motherfucker! There we go. Yep. There we go. Shouldn't play it in iTunes thoughts, if that's thoughts, what you're doing. Um, wow, that's a very bleak uh, outlook for the future. You're welcome. Potentially. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I just can't. Uh, I cannot see a way that Trump is uh, good. I just can't. Do you? Can you not, or do, you don't want to? No, I can't. <laughs> it's not that I don't want to. I would love to believe. This if, was a new, he went a new after, era and a great thing happening, but it's okay. just not. If he, uh, are you disputing the uh, child sex arrest? Uh, if that number's real, does that mean something to you? It would, it would be great, Okay, but it doesn't excuse everything else he does. Okay, so he's saving the kids from being kidnapped, raped, and murdered. That, that doesn't get points with you? That's a positive for law okay, enforcement. Okay, so we'll give points That's a on positive that. For, now, if he goes... If, if Trump was busting down doors... With his own boots, <laughs> then yeah, sure. But he's not. Well, when did Obama bust any doors in with boots on anything? I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm not arguing you, that he gets credit for anything either. Okay, so you don't like it. Okay, I'm if he goes after the Federal Reserve and tries to get back at the gold standard, would you agree that that makes him a, a, a decent? Pre- I would say a great president. I'll give you decent, a decent president. I w- I would have to wait to see that happen. But if he did, let's say he did, in your mind. Then I would be willing to bet there's something in it for him. Okay. Because that's who (laughs) this guy is. Unbelievable. (laughs) Well, that was a great show. Always, you're welcome back. Anytime you got to come on to push anything. Or you just want to come by and chat. I'd love to have you on your wonderful conversation. XG, thank you for coming, being part of the show. Uh, It's fun. Guys, this has been Tim Fall Hat. Hope to see you at the live shows. Come support Syracuse. Come meet my mom. You'll love her. (laughs) Guys, I'll see you guys soon. Take care, everybody.